He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. Hey, welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast, where we talk about the natural path to a wildly authentic and connected life. And today, I'm with my first guest of 2023, Noah Pescara. I became acquainted with Noah at the Richmond 48-Hour Film Project and the Richmond Short Film Series, where he was a selectee just last November for his short film, After You. Noah is a writer, editor, and director for After You, which has won eight awards so far including Best Student Film and Best Director of the Future at the 2022 Cannes World Film Festival. Noah, you must be feeling pretty optimistic about 2023 after you've been a really big success so far. So what was the road uh, getting here like? So first off, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, so um, the road to getting here wasn't terribly straightforward, but it was one that um, I think I learned a lot, you know, moving forward on it. So I, I actually, I guess going back pretty far, I always wanted to make movies as a kid. And I don't think, you know, when I was growing up and you're younger and you go to high school and you start kind of, uh, you know, thinking practically about the future, about life, about making money. And film directing was not, a choice that I had um, in mind to, to make money. So I kind of, you know, went through high school and decided that I was going to, you know, pursue business uh, marketing. So I went to undergrad for college at VCU um, in a business marketing track. And throughout, you know, my time, four years there, kind of realized that business marketing wasn't really fulfilling me the way that um, I, I felt I wanted to be fulfilled uh, professionally. Um, so, you know, I took a film class uh, as, a, as a, a prereq or something for one of my classes, and um, I fell in love with it again, which I always have loved film, but this time seeing it in the eyes of kind of an adult and breaking down movies and um, realizing that this, this is there's more to it than, than what I thought really shaped me. Um, and then there was a certain pivotal point in my life, uh, right around that time when my, my Nona, she is my grandmother, she passed away and my family didn't take it terribly well. Uh, I was unexpected and something went wrong with the surgery and all that. But, um, there was a specific night that my, you know, parents weren't doing terribly well. And I just felt like I couldn't talk to them. 
and I didn't really know where to go. So I called my, my Zia, and she's my aunt or my aunt, and she told me to calm down, maybe watch a movie or something. So I turned on, I'll never forget it, Nacho Libre. And um, I, I calmed down and I laughed and I realized right then and there that Jared Hess, the director of Nacho Libre, the writer and director, did something for me that he'll have no idea that he's ever done before. You know, he never, it's not gonna affect him personally, but he changed my life that night because I realized the power of cinema, the power of movies to get, you know, someone to feel better. And it changed my life. And I just realized that at that point on, like, movies are powerful. Storytelling is, is very, you know, compelling and, um, and can, can, be, can be big. So uh, after that, I, I wanted to, I became obsessed with movies. So I pursued, you know, storytelling, writing, directing, and just dove right in headfirst to all the movies and stuff. So um, since then, I went to uh, grad school for film and television production. And um, that's where, you know, I learned more about it. And uh, I wrote After You in, in grad school. So That's awesome. You said so much in just that little little blurb right there. Um, one of the things that I love is, and I think a lot of people go through it, is the fact that you didn't even consider it because you're thinking about money and, you know, how am I going to support myself? I think that's a lot of people's story, and yet you had the courage to, to make that leap and follow your dream. And and I know you said that, you know, it changed my life. Was Was that enough to just I mean, because you're talking about, you know, money. Everybody needs money yeah. to survive. Yeah. So one thing that happened during that time, too, um, was I graduated undergrad, and I had, like, my first, I guess, panic attack. And that pretty much changed my life as well. I wouldn't say for the better. But um, I developed some sort of, like, anxiety disorder, and uh, it it was very overwhelming. It kind of took over my life at that point. And I just, when, when I have something like that happen to me, I have to figure out why this is happening. And I, I kind of, I dive, I dive into, I kind of lean into to what I don't know and kind of obsess over it. So I was trying to really get to the bottom of why I was feeling this way and stuff. And, um, and then I realized I was neglecting a huge piece of who I am, which which was the film and, and storytelling. And um, money at that point became uh, in, in, insignificant because when you're in that state, everything's out the window. And you're thinking, how do I feel better uh, right now? And what is it that I can do to be, you know, happy? So I had this horrible anxiety and... Um, when I started to lean into the movies, it, it slowly like was like a release valve of tension. So, I mean, I kind of had all these ideas in my head and I, you, you, creator, you know that it's almost like this energy that builds up in you. And I had all these ideas and these shots in my head and I couldn't get them out. I couldn't like do anything with them. And I didn't know how to work a camera. And I was just like, you know, imploding from the inside out. Cause I was just, you know, I just wanted to make a movie. That's all I wanted to do. 
and I realized that all that energy was, you know, not doing really well in my, my body. So I just said, I didn't really have a choice, but to pursue the movies. Um, uh, you know, leading into that was the only release uh, for me to feel better. And they weren't good at first, but when I picked up a camera and, and you know, framed up a perfect shot and I love symmetry and just that like ease something inside me that I've never felt before. So I learned earlier, you know, in my twenties that, um, this is, this is what, um, I have to do. And I don't really think I have a choice. Uh, so the money became secondary at that point because I started to have a shift of, uh, I don't know, when you're in college and high school, it's like, you got to make money. You want to be rich. But then I was like, wait, no, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. So, so when I started to pursue that, um, I found out that I was actually kind of not, not bad at it. And a lot of people tend to do that. And, and that actually hopefully will be the source of, you know, money in the future if you're good at it. Right. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, everybody gets these. I don't, I don't know if you know this. I, I, I didn't tell you that somebody might've told you that I'm a, a trauma therapist. So to me, yeah, that's an awesome story because we're always getting this feedback from our body and from life in general. And most people don't use it the way that you did. They just ignore it or they fight against it. And I think it's fantastic that you leaned into it. And one of the things that you said in the Q&A at the short film series is that you wanted to highlight men's mental health. And Mm -hmm. you did that in um, After You and uh, the escort. Um, is, is that the reason? Yeah. So, um, I, so Jay Shetty is a great podcaster and just overall life coach type deal thing. And he, he said something about, um, that really stuck with me. He says, your passion is for you and your purpose is for others. So, when you use your passion to make a difference in someone else's life, that's a service or a purpose, right? So for me, my passion is movies. It always has been. But I feel like, you know, I've been struggling the last, you know, five years on what's my purpose? What am I here to do? And, I, and I'm the kind of person that has to feel, you know, that purpose. And um, it was so odd because I had never had anxiety before, panic and, and all that. And it almost came to me uh, like a gift in a way. Um, I had, I had no choice but to confront the fear, the anxiety, the negativity and make something with it or ultimately let it, you know, destroy me. And there was no option. Right. And when you really truly get to that point, you know what you have to do. And so I dove right in and, um, and learned a lot, a lot. But my goal with movies, you know, storytelling is is to highlight um, the realities of life and the ups and downs and, the, you know, the yin and the yang, the black and the white. There, That is life. It is a push and a pull forever. And that doesn't have to be scary. But, you know, a lot of people tend to, to shy away from that. But it, it's just what it is, you know. Mhm. Given that, 
at the um, Q&A. So at the Richmond Short Film Series, it ends with the, the Q&A for the directors, which I think is awesome because it gives people a way to kind of see behind the scenes and get, get it, it makes it a more personal experience. So at that Q&A, you said that you like to have, for your films to have a happy ending. If it's the yin and the yang and the balance, then how does that happy ending fit in? So um, I I struggle with, you know, I think I'm more of a pessimist than optimist, unfortunately. I'm working on it. Um, but uh, I'm learning a lot. I'm, I started meditating like five years ago, and it's taught me a lot about um, – a guided headspace type deal. I'm on Calm app now, but it teaches you a lot about gratitude and self-compassion and um, and just to be gentle with yourself. And like that to me spoke really well because uh, in a world right now, I can't say that it's the best situation. There's, you know, pandemics, people don't treat each other right. There's yeah. a ton of things going on that are not great. And mm-hmm. Um, my belief is that mo- people go to movies to escape, um, but also movies uh, mirror life, right? Um, but you have to, you know, if you're if you're in charge of of uh, you know storytelling and you know you 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 can control how people feel, and it's your obligation, in my opinion, um, to always have hope, you know. If, if if you're making art that's uh, not hopeful, it doesn't always have to be happy or joyful. But if you're not hopeful for 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 the future, then what's the point, right? Um, and and to me, life is full of ups and downs. But I I always have uh, a belief that things happen, you know, for a reason, and everything mm-hmm. could be a lesson. And there's an op- you know opportunities all over the place to to uh, overcome and get better and live the life that you want to live. So I have you know I have to end my movies on hope hopeful um, situations because I believe that that's that's what life is about. And it's not you know he doesn't win necessarily in the end, but he sure no surely doesn't. Um, lose you know yeah. so he yeah. you know he learns what he needs to to learn um from growing through not so great situations mm-hmm. so that makes me really curious then about the film that you did for the 48-hour film project the escort so for people who don't know the 48-hour film project is a contest so people gather together teams to make a movie in 48 hours. It's really pretty cool because everybody's given a character's name, a prop, a line of dialogue, and a genre just before they begin. So you can't really do a whole lot of prep work. And you drew horror or thriller, and your film was kind of dark. And it did not end on a happy ending, unless I missed something. Can you give me the backstory on that? Yes, so um, that is correct. However, I did not write that one. So, oh, okay. um, so the movies that I write um, tend to tend to you know end on a well I want them to end on a happy note. Now, um, this was my first drama, 
film that I that I wrote after you. Um, mm-hmm. But I had one before called The Sacrifice, and that's a horror film. And to me, um, to me, horror when you're making horror films, uh, or or you know, like I'm kind of horror to me is different. So I'm still figuring out what genres I want to work in. But mm-hmm. uh, to me, horror is like a little bit more out there, right? And um, and your parameters for what you can make are, are different. So my horror films don't tend to end terribly hopeful, but they're they're more so for me like just pure entertainment. Whereas Got it. Um, the the way I want to go, I guess my true self, what I'm learning about is when I write the drama stuff is really what I want. I'm, I'm actually trying to say something. Um, and the horror stuff I, I, I write um, is more so just kind of for entertainment uh, and, and, and whatnot. And I don't think horror is my genre. In fact, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably definitely not. But the, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, you know, the sac- I wrote a sac- The Sacrifice, which is one of my earlier films. And it's kind of about a cult uh, following a girl and she kind of gets overtaken by the cult. But to me, that was like, I was going, that was in the thick of my anxiety. And um, I kind of used that as like a physical metaphor for if you don't protect your, your own self and look and be present in the moment, then these things can overcome you before you know it, you're, you're, you know, you're too far gone. Um, So that really isn't a great note either, like the sacrifice, but, but, you know, my, I guess, my filmography would, would start at after you in terms of what I truly want to say, um, you know, but the, the horror stuff is good practice and fun. And, you know, the 48 hour festival is awesome. It's a great way to learn how to make a movie and it's very, uh, very challenging. So I tend to take a lot of time and think about what I want to say um, when I write. So it's it's actually not my style to just uh, think very fast and make stuff. I, everything for me when I make a film is very intentional, very mm. slow, very planned. So the 48 hours, I tend to I actually link up with a different writer and I kind of let them have their free reign on uh, what they want to make. And then I kind of just direct it. So awesome. yeah, it's amazing to me that anybody can make a movie in 48 hours. I, I'm always stunned yeah. at, that people are able to produce. I mean, yeah. 48 hours or not, you know, when you're making a movie, you got to do the script, you got to get releases, find a cast, find locations and music, produce it, direct it, edit it. And I know for after you, you didn't have a budget. So, mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about money. So, how do you get the money for something like this? So, um, so after you was my thesis film for grad school. So, um, I'm very, uh, I'm working on it too, but I'm very, um, when I make my movies, I like to be in control because I'm very particular with, with the angle of the shots and the color and everything. And, um, it's hard for me to let that go. Um, but I should definitely let that go and get some more help. But, um, I worked with, uh, about, one other person on that movie is my cousin who's my cinematographer. So he shot it. And then, um, my, one of my best friends, uh, AJ Yunez, uh, 
just was a production assistant. He he he's never made a movie in his life or done anything like that. So he just kind of moved stuff around, and then I did everything else. So sound, producing, writing, directing. Um, we had to get the food and you know all that stuff. So it was it was absolute chaos for for me and uh, Gabe, my cousin, um, and it was a really hard process. But for the money situation, I'm very um, blessed to have my dad have my back. Oh, that's so awesome. my my dad has my back on on this this one, and um, he believes in, in me, and um, he helps me with with you know the money situation and um, and whatnot. But the other thing is my secondary income source would be my, I make commercials in Richmond, so. I have a little, I have a small production company. I'm trying to grow it. Um, it's inexplicable productions and we, we make, um, television commercials, advertisements for businesses. We've had things on national television and stuff like that. So, um, those things tend to fund my, my more, uh, passion projects. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, um, comes, comes into play. Um, but you know, as for the cast and stuff, I, I'm very, um, I try to be very uh, low budget oriented. That's where my mind goes, right? So uh, I started making commercials very, very, very low budget. So I learned very fast that uh, how to save money and, and when to spend money and when not to spend money. And if I can do it myself, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've always not had a budget. And I've oh. always tried to find a way to kind of do it. So, um, $2,000 budget for me on this one was decent, you know? So like th- there's a therapy uh, session in, in the movie and, um, it was in a white uh, office building and it was my dad's office. And I just went to my dad and said, dad, can I just, can I just paint your office and like do anything that please? Like, and he's, he's like, yeah, do whatever you gotta do. So I gutted his office, took all his furniture, all his posters off the wall, the desk out, and me and my friends, you know, we got a case of beer and just painted the walls yellow. And then we cut shit black and um, put put a brown border across the whole room and made it, you know, how I wanted it to, to look because we couldn't get to a location. So we built it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things like actors where I knew this role um, was a little bit, in my head it was a little bit more funny, supposed to be a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit comedic in the way that he, he delivers his lines and, um, you know, he's supposed to be a little over dramatic, but, um, but my, my best friend Duran, uh, played the part of Nick and he's not an actor, but I know that he, he's got a great face for the screen and, um, he fits the, the role well. And he, you know, I had him play the part and, um, he was really nervous the first day, um, but we, we really worked it uh, on him. You know, it was my job as the director to to get the performance that I needed and walk him through and make him feel comfortable. And we really um, worked well together on that. And he brought a certain sense of reality and um, drama to the role that I wasn't expecting. So it soon became the lines that I thought were going to kind of get some giggles out. Um, he delivered them stone cold and it kind of made sh- shifted the tone of the, the whole film in a, in a, in a way that wasn't, wasn't bad or, or, you know, it was just, it did, it was what it was and it was great, you know? So 
I just tend to try to um, try to embrace at this point that you're not going to have a lot of money to do it, but I try to just have no excuses to get the vision across at, mm. at any point. And that can be um, a lot. It, it was definitely, I had to take a big break after the film because I was pretty burnt out. Um, I'm pretty uh, intense on what it is that I want to get. So I'll do anything to get the shot. I'll do anything, you know, to get the, to get it looking how I want to as close as possible to my vision, because I've been in situations in the past where as a filmmaker, you, you can relate uh, if you're, you're watching, you know, um, you can't go back. Once you roll, once you call cut, there's no going back when you leave. So I've learned a lot about just, it's going to suck right now, but embrace the suck and just, get what you need because it's going to be worth it in the end. And I really, really pushed um, myself um, to, to get that. But, you know, I kept telling the crew, this is going to be worth it. This is going to be worth it. And in my head, I had no idea it was going to be worth it. I mean, it could have just been a disaster. So that was really hard to hide from the, the crew, but um, I think it worked out somewhat well, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you shared that because I knew that the main character wasn't an actor and I was wondering uh, what made you take a chance on him. And th it makes total sense now. Cause, you know, yeah. going into making a film with somebody who's not an actor, that's a big, big gamble. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people involved in in anything that anybody does. You know, we all need friends. We need strangers. We need mentors. And no matter how big a person gets or how big their vision is, it, it never happens with just one person. So that said, um, it's also being willing to take action because nothing's handed to anybody. And what makes you keep going when people say no or they don't get it or they're ignoring your vision? You said it's like, you know, I got to do this at any cost. But what? How, where does that come from? That's a good question. Um I guess it comes from a, I don't know. Um, there's not a lot of things in my life that I'm uh, ambitious or driven terribly much about. Um, but I found, you know, I was, an, I was always an athlete and I pushed really hard when I want something. I push myself really hard. And it's just, I, I love that uh, obsession. I love being, um, having a goal. And that, you know, I wish I was the kind of person that didn't find their purpose uh, or worth pursuing something, right? But I, I kind of do. Um, and to me, uh, I love it. I just love when you don't know, you know, you got to work hard to get what you want. And it just kind of drives me, you know, those, those opportunities and, um, you know, the low budget stuff and uh, you know, you can't shoot here and we'll watch me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get the, you know, so it's like that kind of thing really drives me. But, um, I am trying to, to get, you know, better at less intense because I think it also probably isn't, uh, I learned a lot. I also, uh, probably lost, you know, a, my girlfriend because of that, you know, she probably, you know, uh, there's certain things in my life that bleed into the intensity that probably aren't, um, healthy in that way. 
mm-hmm. um, because when I want, you know, and I, I just, I, I believe in something and I can see it in my head and it's just like the vision and I obsess over that. And the movies are the one thing that I, I, I kind of obsess about. And, you know, that's uh, hard to live with sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about the next story. And if I don't have it, then I'm kind of hard on myself. And um, so I'm learning how to deal with, with that, you know, kind of trying to learn how to uh, dial that back and learn that it's okay you know, to not be creating. It's okay. Like, just just relax. Like, let it come naturally. You don't have to push yourself, like, to make the next one and stuff. And so that's a big thing I'm learning right now um, is, is that, you know, is that. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, struggle makes the victory worthwhile, and we got to have balance, too. So yeah. thank you, Noah for sharing a little bit of your time with us today. I'd love sharing stories of people who are making their dreams come true. I think it shows that there's always hope as long as we keep going. So how can people find out more about you and Inexplicable Productions? So um, I have an Instagram. So my name is just Noah Piscara on Instagram. And um, I have a website for Inexplicable Productions. And also it's on Instagram too. So if you want to check out, you know, more of the website or need a video made for you uh, commercial-wise, then, then you know, that's a great place to go. But, yeah, for me, um, I think I'm on IMDb. Um, After You can be accessed through my Instagram if anybody's curious in watching that. But, yeah, so hopefully um, I'll be making more soon. Awesome. And I'll have all of that on the show notes, too, so be sure to check that out. And thanks for being here, and thanks everybody for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast. Ciao. See you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.